Did you know that Warner Music actually owns the copyrights to the song Happy Birthday? So technically, you owe royalties every time you sing it to someone on their big day. Just thought I'd let you know. Whether you want to start, grow, or save your business, all the help, advice, and encouragement you need is right here on Business Bootcamp Podcast. Boot campers, welcome to the show. Happy to have you here today. Once again, we're going to have an interview, and I'm looking forward to it with Pamela Gockley. And before we get on the show, though, and before I kind of introduce her, I'm looking forward to the next few episodes on the Business Boot Camp podcast because looks like we are going to be having our first boot camp coming up here within the next couple episodes. So make sure you stay tuned for that. Also, there are a couple more spaces left open in that boot camp. So get online at businessbootcamppodcast.com slash apply and you can join us on that boot camp and get all your and get all your business questions answered live and in person. So, without any further delay, let's get Pamela on the show. She has created eight businesses, one of which has been acquired. She's written two books, and we're going to talk about those today. She is a social media extraordinaire, but she focuses on the reputation of a business and not just its online marketing and branding. You can find her at PamelaGockley.com and, of course, get on the show notes and you'll get all those links and resources. So without any further delay, let's get her on the show. Hey, everyone. It's my pleasure today to welcome Pamela Gockley on the show. How are you doing today, Pamela? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on the show, Mike. Oh, yeah. Welcome to Business Bootcamp Podcast. And uh, let's go ahead and get things kicked off right away. Can you tell our audience a little bit about your journey and how you got to where you are today? Well, you know, I would like to say this was my master plan from the beginning, but it didn't seem to work out how I originally uh, uh, planned it. But I think one of the uh, secrets of being successful in business is being able to uh, change and go with the flow. My company is a marketing company, and uh, we had, you know, we started in 1996, and that's uh, a year after. After Yahoo and a year before Google, so we've been around pretty long. And like you know, my client said, you know, you should start doing websites. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's a great idea. And then then they said, we well, should start doing other marketing for our for us. And I'm like, yeah, that's a great idea. So I was flexible enough to leverage what we were doing, um, but open minded enough to go where my clients needed us to go. So I think that's a, a huge. Um, secret to success is being able to take what you do really well, leverage it, and make sure you can meet your client's needs and be willing to change. So I think that's uh, my journey has been um, dictated by my clients, and I'm glad they did because I think uh, it's where we're supposed to be right now. Awesome. And just for everyone out there, Pamela has wrote uh, several books, uh, one of which I want to talk about, and that is called The Reputation Factor. Can you kind of dig into that for us, Pamela? Sure. Uh, Like I said, we started in 1996. So uh, we've been doing uh, marketing and working with small business and medium businesses to help them create an effective marketing message. But when the economy crashed in 2008, we saw a fundamental shift in the way people not only buy products and services, 
but uh, all the different options and tools uh, consumers could use to research products and services. So you no longer went to the TV store and you were able to pick the big one or the little one and, and the Zenith or the RCA. Those were your choices. Today we go to Google. We search 56-inch uh, 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 LED TV uh, HD inputs and outputs. You get a million results. And you go to aggregator websites. You go to comparison sites. You look for reviews. And then when you actually either buy it online, you know what you want, or you walk in the store, you already know what you want. So with that fundamental shift in the, in the, in the buyers, there naturally had to be a change in how businesses promoted themselves. So well, I kept coming back to the reputation, reputation, and businesses are still branding, branding, branding a logo. Well, you know, nobody cares about a logo anymore. They look at the reputation of the company. They look at the reputation of the industry, and they look at the reputation of the people they're talking to. And I found that if businesses ignore their reputation, they're struggling. So what we've been doing was consulting with businesses, and we have created a process to uh, discover what the current reputation is, define what it needs to be, and then develop it. So I created the three Ds of reputation at the personal level. The next book is going to be on the business level and then to take into consideration the industry uh, reputation as well. So it's been quite a lot of fun, a lot of pushback from advertising agencies that do branding, 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 branding. And I come along and say, you know, it's not really about your brand anymore. It's about your reputation, which will then in turn build your brand. Can you, give, a, can you give us some concrete kind of uh, pointers on how to develop our reputation? Well, based on where you're starting, and it depends on your industry. So uh, I have a lot of clients who call me and they want me to come in and fix their staff. And it's really kind of funny because it always ends up that it always has to be with the owner. So we do a analysis of, of discovering what the current reputation is. So we do customer feedback and we do a variety of different things. And then um, as far as, and then when we define where we want to go, I've never met anybody with a perfect reputation. And it's, it's astounding to some people that you can actually control your reputation. And ignoring it is not a very, very good way to do it. So if you have, if you have customers calling or sending feedback or you're finding reviews online that your customer service sucks, you need to look at it and figure out why are your clients saying that, and then you need to develop it. So let's say, for example, you're a restaurant, and your front sign says, looking for frontline cooks. That's probably not a good way or your first impression uh, you want to leave with a client. Or if you own a hotel, you don't want to have on your sign looking for housekeepers. I mean, because the first thing I would think is, okay, so we're not going to get a clean room. So that's first impression is a, a big part. A second part is uh, communications. How are you communicating? Um, do you have a blog that hasn't been posted on since 2005? Probably not a good thing to do. Um, do you have a website that's never been updated or looks like it's done in front page or some free website generator? Is that good enough for your clients? Probably not. Are you doing newsletters that have 
typos, those are the kinds of things that if you can't do a newsletter, I don't know if you can deliver the service, you say. And then the last and final one for the development, it's first impression, it's communications, and then it's your network. It's like, who are you partnering with? Are you partnering with a shady attorney? Are you, are you using a vendor who is, you know, being uh, sued by the federal government for liens against tax evasion? These are all the kind of things as a business owner you have to be aware of, and that could really hurt your reputation. So that in kind of a nutshell <laughs> is, is the three Ds, and uh, you have to just be really aware and engaged. And we're finding that companies are now hiding behind websites. They're hiding behind Facebook, and they're never actually – well, you know, I do Facebook for five hours a day, and my question is, well, what are your results? Well – you know, didn't get any, well, then you're just messing around. You're not really building your business. That's not working on your business. So we, we, when we consult with clients, we want to make sure what you're doing is both productive and can uh, give some legitimate results, um, not hiding behind your email, not be hiding behind your, your texting or your Facebook or your website or your blog. So we really are back to grassroots of face-to-face, bumping bellies, networking, and that's how you build relationships, and that's how consumers buy today. They buy on relationships. So for someone who might have a business like an e-commerce site or where they're not going to be able to see their customer, is there a way to build their reputation online or through social media? Absolutely. Uh, most of the uh, websites have uh, e-commerce sites, especially. We're just building. We actually have four in the works right now. They all have reviews and the ability to review a product or service. So what people say to me, well, the reviews are there. And I say, well, how many um, are filled out? Well, we don't have any. Well, then uh, you're missing an opportunity. So when you have an e-commerce site and you're hiding behind it, uh, you will just not do anything to engage. If you're my client and you have an e-commerce site, you will uh, be sending uh, usually monthly emails through the e-commerce site to your clients to make sure everything is going well, to notify them about other products or other new services coming up, and you are actually asking them to fill out a review. And again, all e-commerce sites have it built in that a client can come back to the website and fill out a review. But as an owner or as a manager working for that company, you have to ask. So that means you have to and you are responsible for engaging your clients to come in and give a testimonial or, and review about what they have found, their experience. Where branding tells a, 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 a consumer what they think about your product, reputation asks your clients what they know about you, which is a totally different thing. So again, um, the... Uh, Hiding behind an e-commerce website is not going to cut it with me. I'm tough. I'm tough on everybody. But, <laughs> you know, you want to be successful, you just can't put up an e-commerce site and, you know, do the I dream of genie head nod. You have to work at it. And you have to make sure you're doing things that are going to build the site and build your reputation. Are there certain pointers you can give as far as social media? Because I know that's kind of for small businesses. Some people use it a lot. Some people don't use it at all. But are there some pointers that you can 
uh, give us that are other than just, you know, post every day. I, I, I see some people and they'll post something every day, but they get like one like. And even though they have like 3,000, you know, followers or likes on their business page, how can we kind of engage our audience and make more of a reputation than just like the worst blog post in the world? <laughs> Well, yes, don't do the worst blog post in the world. <laughs> and really, it, it, it's actually matching your industry with the communication tools. So we have a lot. Everybody says, I need a new Facebook page. And I say, why? And <laughs> it, like you said, you get one like. Uh, that's worse than not doing anything, yeah. frankly. You really have to weigh that. So let's say you um, uh, have a, a company who makes cupcakes. So since the industry is so visual because they haven't come up with smell-o-vision yet, which I think they should really do, <laughs> but you can't smell cupcakes, right? So what is the, the second best thing, since I can't make the Internet smell yet, uh, what is the next best thing? It would be visual. So if you can take good quality photographs of your product and not, you know, your Uncle Jim – uh, who has a camera, uh, you want to make sure they're quality photos. And, you know, you have to use a visual uh, social media um, uh, venue like a Pinterest or something like that. But, again, you have to really match your industry because I do not believe every company is meant to be on Facebook. I mean, you personally can be on Facebook and what you do on your personal time and that's on you. But as far as running your business, if you're one of my clients, you're going to have to prove to me the results you're getting from a social media uh, website. I have a client who posts uh, blogs on, and I'm not real big fans of blogs either, especially on your own website. I would prefer you to find uh, uh, like or, or complimentary uh, bloggers that you can guest blog on. Uh, but she had to have her own blog, and now she hasn't posted since October. So I took her to task on that because you haven't posted since October. So you know what? You look like you don't care. And I know you do, but that's what these folks are seeing. I have another client who posts uh, uh, health tips and health, uh, you know, healthy things of what to do and not to do. So. She uses a generator like a Hootsuite, so she posts once and then it posts uh, to multiple uh, social media websites. So then somebody asks her a legitimate question, and she never responds because she's not actually looking at it. So uh, you have to make sure your social media uh, strategy isn't actually coming back to bite you. And they will, and they do. And, you know, all, you know, all 3,000 of your viewers see that you don't care because you never asked, answered this poor woman with a legitimate question to one of your posts. So, again, it, it's, it's, it's amazing how small businesses take in these technologies, but they don't understand the good and the bad, you know, the pros and the cons of using them. And, you know, that's what we... People come to me, I want to start a blog. I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> you need to prove to me why you want to start a blog. And by the time I'm done, it usually ends up to be guest blogging on other people's blogs. 
Oh my goodness, that was such a long answer. I'm sorry, Mike. <laughs> no, that's good. And and I like how you said how you got to kind of match your industry, whether or not you use social media, and then which type of mo- social media you use. Because for me, like when I was I was working at a gym, and for us, that was our main source of advertising was Facebook. So, but it was a total different way than how I use it in my lawn care and cleaning company that I have now. Uh, like at the gym, we would advertise prices. We would give do pictures of like boot camps and training, and that was an awesome way to drive traffic to the door. Like talk about sure. specials. But then when I when I transferred to my business, that just wouldn't work because I couldn't do right. that in the same way. Like so, when we use social media at my company, it's usually just like giveaways, connecting with the audience, so that when they and have a problem, say, with their lawn care, their landscaping, or cleaning, or whatever, then it's like, I'm the first one to pop up in their mind. So that's really the way I use it in my company, and I like how you said it's different for each industry. It really is, and, you know, people come to me, I need a new website, and I need I need a new Facebook page, and I'm like, why? And they said, well, because, and I'll say, well, I need to know why before I do something, and they said, well, you're the expert, and I go, yes, I am. <laughs> And uh, that's what I need you to answer me as to why uh, a new website rarely helps. It's the content on it. You know, well, it's a, I need a new website or I have a, a new marketing manager that starts in a company I've been dealing with. And that, that's the first thing they want to do is a new website. You know, that's a cop out. Yeah. You need to figure out why the website's not working. And it could be content. It could be. Uh, navigation button, something as easy as people don't understand because you're talking in your industry uh, jargon and people aren't in your industry and you just have a button named wrong. It could be something that simple. So, you know, in your industry and your landscaping, I'm sure you could go off and talk about something for 20 minutes. I have no clue. And that wouldn't do you any good. Yeah. You have to be able to create a message that talks to your target audience. And that's where a lot of I found the difference between a business owner and an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur is a little bit more focused on the idea where business owners, like I like to deal with, we can get down to the nuts and bolts of how to make this thing uh, be successful. Awesome. Yeah, and just for everyone out there, Pamela has created eight businesses, one of which was acquired. Is that correct, Pamela? Yes, it is. And so we're going to kind of jump into kind of like the meat and potatoes of what we do here on the show. And our motto here is start, grow, and save your business. And so I want to kind of walk through each of those three stages and kind of pick your brain. And But before we do that, uh, before we talk about starting a business and kind of what your advice would be on that, can you walk us through, well, at least some of those eight businesses and kind of what they were involving? <laughs> My goodness. Oh, walk through memory lane. Uh, we started uh, PennsylvaniaJobs.com, which was, is, and actually still is online, is a employment website to help job seekers and businesses uh, connect. So we created a, a, it's called Job Search Success Program that was delivered face-to-face. I taught uh, uh, thousands of students how to actually get a job, including resume, and we do mock interviewing. And that was actually my second book. I turned it into a little PDF uh, book. And uh, it, uh, companies can post their needs, and then the uh, job seekers apply directly to that company. So we weren't like a, uh, an agency that did placement. So from that, then we did uh, Vigilant, uh, which was our uh, corporation's name. And then we have Vigilant 
uh, communications, which is the fulfillment and uh, website development, social media strategy, you know, search engine optimization company. And then from that, I created Gawkly Associates because, yeah, it's all good. We can create your website, but it doesn't work properly because you don't have the content. So Gawkly Associates really became the message development, the real marketing, the, you know, get down, you know, dirty. Uh, who's your target market? What's your SWOT analysis? What's your the business analysis? And, and then what's our strategic plan to move forward kind of company? And then um, I started Pennsylvania Women's Network because I found being in technology, I had no idea to work how to work with women, uh, which women are tough, seriously. And I uh, started Pennsylvania Women's Network to try and get people together uh, to get women in the same room because once you get them and women in the same room, and I'm a woman, so I can say that. You can't say that, Mike, but I can say that. <laughs> you don't even want to go there. But if you get women in a, in a room, awesome things happen. So my, my idea, because I work with technology, I work with a lot of men, I'm used to dealing uh, with men and women are different, and I kind of stepped in it more than once with uh, dealing with women. So I thought, well, let's let's get together and do some brainstorming, and it was awesome, you know, awesome to get women together. So other than that, I forget, but it, they all were a reason or to address uh, uh, a problem to present a solution. Because I don't like, you know, when you when you describe problems, yeah, I, I probably already know that. That's the easy part. The solutions, that's where we get into a little tougher, tougher area. So most of these things we started, and they're still around, have been created simply to address an issue. Awesome. And can you kind of walk us through maybe the first one or one of the ones that stand out in your mind, kind of how you started the business and then what advice you can glean from that and give to our listeners? Well, Gockley Associates, and you know, I, you know, people say, oh, you're an overnight success. Yeah. Okay. That was 20 years of work for an overnight success. So first of all, be realistic, but you know, listen to your clients, listen to the market. Uh, Gockley Associates was Again, started because people were so thrilled to take a weekend away from their family to create a free website. And it, you know, first of all, you wasted your time. Second of all, you took time from your family, and that balance between business and family is gone. And then you created something that's probably damaging the reputation of your company because it wasn't done very well. So, I mean, just you have to be open minded, you have to uh, develop a thick skin you need to play on your strengths and your weaknesses you need to find either a partner or somebody a consultant that can help you with those areas of business uh, because there are you know we break business into four areas and I haven't met anybody that's good in all four areas uh, we call it the three P's so it's uh, uh, people product process and promotion and promotion is last that means your website is last your social media is last you can't do an effective marketing campaign without the the first three so just you know step back from your ego a little bit uh listen to your clients your clients are right and they're telling you things you could never imagine things you could never come up with on your own you can get from your clients so i i give my clients permission to stop being so hard on yourself i always say when you know i always tell my clients you know, there's a time and a place for being in trouble, and I will let you know when you're in trouble. 
and you're not now. So <laughs> they appreciate that. So you really just need to have an open mind and be willing to follow your clients because if you don't have clients, you don't have a business. If you don't, you know, if you don't have clients, you don't have a business. Right. And, and sometimes fi- helping those clients find your website or finding you is important. And you mentioned search engine optimization, SEO, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like a buzzword. And for some small entrepreneurs, first off, they don't even know what it means. Secondly, what does it mean for us practically as far as gaining new business, whether it be just getting people to our website or end up picking up the phone? Can you kind of elaborate on search engine optimization a bit? I think that we take a very, very wide view and definition of search engine optimization. In my opinion, search engine optimization includes going out to -to face-to-face networking events, presenting presenting yourself in the light of your company versus uh, you're going out to have a couple drinks with your buddy. So you have your face-to-face, you have the electronic you know, making sure Google, you have your Google places, your Google maps, your keywords in place, make sure it's searchable. But then you also have to make sure your website is up to power and up to the level of the business that you're running as well. So there's a bunch of different working parts, whether somebody's getting to your website through a direct URL, whether they're doing a Google search, which is the majority of it. So you have to be good with the Google gods. You have to you know, make sure they're happy with you. And you you might be blogging. You might um, have your Pinterest account, your Facebook account. So all those, including face-to-face, how your staff conducts themselves, if they all have LinkedIn, are they on Facebook bashing your company? Uh, and then how do you fire those folks? So, I mean, it's a whole ball of wax. It's just not one answer. And on um, and again, the internet has created this. I have not created this. And I tell my companies, if you've never gone on Google and searched your company name with the word scam behind it, you don't know what's going online. And like it or not, disagree or choosing to ignore it, people can be out there talking about your company. And if you're not aware of it, you're never going to be able to fix it. Exactly. Yeah, and you mentioned you mentioned the Google gods, and and I, recently, so when I started my business, I was like on like the fifth page of Google. If you typed in our city or our our county, and then like landscaping mm-hmm. afterwards. So finally, I'm on the first page after a lot of work. But I found like really, it is all about if you want to show up on Google, you use YouTube, and then also Google Plus, and link all that stuff to your website. I found that was pretty awesome for as far as far as Google is concerned. As as simple things like naming your images on your website, what they are, using alt tags, um, using strong keywords, using your YouTube channel, and you have to have a YouTube channel. It's free people get a YouTube channel. And make sure they're embedded and they uh, have the keywords as to what you're doing. So Google changes their algorithms every once in a while. I think they're on Hummingbird from Penguin. I'm not sure where they are, but <laughs> being in the industry right now, it's you gotta you must have your photographs named for what they are. I know that's not and you know when you take photos off your camera and it comes up DSD 74 35 64. Nobody cares what that is. You need to name the image what it is. And then you have to also have the alt tags. They also like a lot of linking to like or complementary businesses. So if you do a lot of links, 
um, to other businesses or other resources, Google seems to like that right now as well. Now, it could change tomorrow, uh, but that's right now where we're focusing most of our maintenance on websites right now. And if it says uh, copyright 2014, please update it to 15, please. That's another good one. All right. And then so for someone who's perhaps started their company, things are going good, but they're kind of wanting to take that next step, whether it be starting to hire people or just really start to expand their company. Can you kind of give us some advice for those people out there? Again, if you want to build your company, you have to identify your strengths and weaknesses. And that comes from the owner standpoint. If you're not good at financing, you better make sure you either hire a good finance uh, person to uh, be on your staff or you need to find a good independent CPA who can do that part for you and focus on what you do well. Uh, people have this shotgun effect and I, I do it too. I, I jump into things that are really pique my interest, but uh, I know we really started being successful when we start focusing on one thing and we do that well. And that's really why I wrote the book, The Reputation Factor, because it really uh, focused me on being a business consultant. And the fulfillment, uh, once we you know, identify we need to do maintenance and update the content and the message on websites, we have the, the Vigilant Internet Services, which will do uh, the maintenance and the fulfillment of the other uh, marketing uh, uh, communications tool, including the website. So, But, yeah, I'm out here as a business consultant, and I know when – you focus on what you do well and what you love, you do much better. The rest will fall into place. But you got to have certain things in place for your business to grow or you're going to fall, seriously. Has, has there ever been a time, Pamela, where you felt like you fell? Because our last part of this is kind of be how can someone kind of save a business or they're kind of not doing good and things are not expanding. And how can someone kind of pick themselves up after that? And have you had an experience like that that you can share? Absolutely. Um, I learn more from failing than I've ever did from being successful. So again, going back to reputation, the, the, the um, fourth D, which I'm adding in the business book, is called defend. So if you have been a type of person who was selling vitamins one week and then perfume the next week and then you do makeup the next week, you're going to have to really do a gut check and find out where your reputation is and work really hard to uh, focus on where you want to go now. And, you know, sometimes I, I look at people and I'm saying, you know, you're shooting yourself in the foot and it's not the economy, it's not the competition, it is you. So our motto is it starts with you, but it's not about you. So the first step is to really step back and do a, you know, I always say get a martini and uh, a dark room and you know do some soul searching and there's some tools we use to um, figure out where you are right now and then just go through the three d's define where you want to go and then develop it and it it takes a long time but it is doable you can turn it around if you want to do it absolutely that's good. That's good. And just before we kind of go into the home stretch of the show, I wanted to ask you about that book that you've been mentioning. Is that the art of running red lights? The art of running red lights. Yes. <laughs> Can you tell us a little bit about that? It's going to be because um, that just the, that just sounds so cool on so many levels. Running red lights, but 
I love, I, I came up with that sitting in, <laughs> in traffic one day, and I, I continuously see people running through red lights. And, and you're like, man, we need a book on how to do this legally. That's, that's an art. <laughs> that is just an art. And I, I, I liken that to how you run your business. You, 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 you know, you have to decide if running that red light is truly going to be worth it, or if you want to <laughs> step back, wait for the light to turn green, because nine times out of ten, you're going to end up the next red light. So, is running around, you know, spinning your wheels worth it, or do you just want to go with the flow of traffic and make sure you're being solid and, you know, a good citizen type thing? So, I, I, I focused that book, uh, the Auto Running Red Lights, on business and how businesses have to. Um, check their reputation, check their industry reputation, make sure you understand where it is, where you want to go with it, and make sure you bring your whole staff with you uh, and, you know, make sure it's institutionalized throughout your company. And that requires monitoring too, just like you have to monitor your website and monitor your social media. And if there's any negative reviews out there, you have to address them. Uh, we we uh, take that to the business level versus the personal level. But we, we all start at the personal level and, and move out from there. And this book is, is, is going to be good. Uh, I, I am actually excited about it, if I can say that on my own book. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to this one to be, to be published. So if we were going to take that analogy of running red lights, like, can you give me, tell me who's the cops in this, in this situation? <laughs> Your clients. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Absolutely. Your clients are, are the cops. Absolutely. All right, so let's go to the home stretch. Do you have a favorite quote? And then can you kind of tell us why you choose that one? I think Henry Ford said you can either have a reputation or do, or only people that do things have reputations. So if you don't do anything or try anything, and if you're too afraid to fail, you're not going to have a reputation. So That's good. Usually people who um, try things, have a reputation. So, yeah, and but, if you don't run the red lights, no one will ever know about you, right? Exactly. You can't, <laughs> yeah, you can't be too far over the edge. All right, Pamela, so before you wrap up, I'm going to give you 20 seconds, and I want you to share something that you feel is the most important that you have to offer our listeners. Go for it. Uh, I think you need to uh, step back. I need, You need to evaluate where you are and where you want to go, and you need to uh, pinpoint focus on that one objective. Do one thing really well. All right, so before we wrap up, Pamela, can you tell our listeners how they can connect with you? And I'll put all your links that you've shared, your books and all that, in the show notes. So, But is there any other ways that they can connect with you online? Uh, I'm on uh, LinkedIn, which is my favorite website personally. So uh, Pamela S. Gockley on LinkedIn. I do a lot of – I'm on that all the time, and I'm going to start uh, posting some articles as well. So, um, And I I hope everybody has a reputation kind of day. Awesome. And then before we leave, actually, I forgot to ask you one thing I wanted to ask you about. And because you talk a lot about body language, can you kind of wrap that up in about 30 seconds in any way? Well, sure. And, you know, you can say um, nice hat in a couple different ways. So if yeah. you're saying nice hat and rolling your eyes, or if you're really looking at somebody and going, you know what? That's really a nice hat. Yeah. That's saying the same thing in but with two different meanings. So if you say, nice hat, and roll your eyes, you're probably not thinking it's a nice hat. But exactly. again, you go, 
you know, that's really, you, the tone changed, the rhythm changed, and then the body language with the roll of the eyes versus a, um, a face looking directly eye to eye to somebody. Huge difference. Awesome. So let me, tr- let me give this a roll. Pamela, that was a really nice interview. I really appreciate it. How's that sound? <laughs> You're a great <laughs> student, Mike. <laughs> Thanks so much, Pamela, for coming on the show. I appreciate it. There you have it, guys. I think I get a gold star, 10 brownie points, the whole bit. That was pretty amazing there at the end. But uh, let's wrap this thing up. Uh, Let's summarize what we kind of talked about with Pamela today. Uh, When you're starting your company, you want to take what you do well and then work with that. And that really comes down to working with your strengths and really capitalizing on those instead of trying to focus on your weaknesses. Also, listen to the market. Um, Right now, if you go out and sell tape cassettes or cassette players, um, sorry, you're in the wrong market, pal. So make sure you're listening to the market. It will tell you. I promise you that. It's the great thing about the economy that we live in. If you're selling the wrong thing or you're offering the wrong service, they will tell you. And just like we heard from Pamela, the client, the customers, the marketplace, they are the cops that are going to pull your tab if you do something wrong. So when you're growing your business, really focusing on first impressions, Pamela gave some great examples of like a restaurant or an e-commerce site or uh, a hotel that have bad impressions when you first walk in the door, first come to the place of business, whether that be a online website or an actual physical location. And she really talked about how those first impressions are paramount in building your reputation. And I think we all gain a greater value for that word and what that means as far as building our businesses and not just focusing on branding and online presence. She also talked about how keeping your first impressions can be reflected in website and blogs and how they keep them updated not having typos and this really ties into communication and she also shared with us about networking and when people come to your company what kind of other businesses or business owners uh, people in the community are you networking with and what is your web of influence that they can track that and from that determine your reputation Pamela also shared about how sometimes social media isn't necessary with a certain type of industry or it just needs to be adjusted to fit that industry, whether it be the message that you're conveying or the type of social media that you're using. And she really talked about how you can better use that with YouTube and also search engine optimization and cool stuff like that. If you're saving your business, we learned how you actually learn more from your failures than from your successes and Pamela said something that was pretty interesting she said it starts with you but it isn't you I thought that was kind of cool just not don't internalize a failure is not because of you it might be because you went after the wrong market or you did something wrong with your business plan or you just kind of had the wrong idea but don't take it too personal get up and try again I am going to sign off for now, but make sure you guys get on the show notes. Those are going to be over at businessbootcamppodcast.com slash episode eight. There you'll find all of Pamela's website links and her book links, as well as other ways to connect with her. So on that note, I'm also going to tell you to get over to businessbootcamppodcast.com. And if you have questions, if you have, if you want to come on the show, 
just get on over there there's lots of resources over there and in the future I'm gonna be adding some blog posts and personal reflections on the website as well so get on over there a great set of resources for you guys it's all free I love to share with you what I can so with that I will look forward to seeing you on episode 9 and beyond see you later